evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson Tonight. We have a big show in store for you, but first... The movie adaptation of the Mortal Kombat video game was released in the summer of 1995. It proved to be a massive success with little boys all across the nation, who went crazy for the punches, the kicks, the karate flips, and not least of all, the adrenaline-charged combination of pulse-pounding techno beats and metallic industrial guitar riffs that permeated the soundtrack, punctuating its many fight scenes. But the little boys who got the soundtrack based on that promise were met with something far different. Three long, drawn-out, techno-trance-whatever songs right in the middle of the damn thing. 23 minutes without a single crunchy guitar riff or angry yelling guy. They must have been thinking, what's going on? Mind you, many of these boys were listening to it on a cassette tape, so there's no song skipping, They had to either fast-forward all the way to the end or take the tape out, flip it over to side B, and rewind it. How many of these impressionable, innocent young boys, rather than go through the effort of all that, just endured it and let the songs play? And what if those three songs, those 23 minutes of monotonous beats, futuristic synthesizers, and otherworldly ambience, left a mark on those boys that would not make itself known until 15 years later, when many of them suddenly began to identify as women. After the break, we'll have Chris Rufo with us to talk about the ramifications of this insidious, subversive soundtrack. Welcome to the first bonus episode of Pod is Killing Me. I'm Jesse. And I'm Jeff. And today we're going to be talking about the soundtrack to Mortal Kombat from 1995. It is. This is tangentially related to the rest of the series as this soundtrack was kind of our gateway into first hearing about typo negative. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would be here doing this without the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Hugely influential in my life. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. Uh, it actually kind of covers a huge uh, gamut of a lot of different kinds of bands, um, almost exclusively in the realm of like, uh, this is kind of the period where I think like Nine Inch Nails was going to be considered like, this is the next big thing era for them, where they were kind of the quintessential what the kids are listening to kind of music. Yeah. And so this was, well, we can't get them. And this is from his former label, TVT. And they're like, so we're just going to give you all anything we think you might like if you like that. And, what if uh, what if we fed Pretty Hate Machine into the rudimentary AI? What would it spit out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's exclusively Pretty Hate Machine. It's kind of funny. The soundtrack came out in 95, but it felt very much like it was still trying to capture like head like a hole. Yeah, those those bands are all playing catch up for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was the um, I'm trying to think. You know what it would have been like? It would have been like if uh, in like nineteen like ninety like one, and it's like someone's like, oh, we really want to like capture like that the lightning in a bottle we got with Guns and Roses, like Appetite for Destruction, but like it's four years too late, and and that's already on its way out. Like it, it felt like uh, th- this hit the exact moment in time that 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 this came out was like dead perfect. 
because uh, this is right before the oversaturation glut of like all the uh, wannabe Nine Inch Nail bands kind of took over. Yeah. But this soundtrack, looking back at it now, there's some odd detours in there. Like you've got Grindcore from like Napalm Death. Yeah. And, and then you've got um, like Orbital on the opposite end. <laughs> nine, nine and a half minutes of Orbital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like a basically like a song that like um, this is kind of how I would want to get put to sleep at the dentist. <laughs> like if you, if you were to play that for me, this is how I imagine wanting to like feel the drugs kick in as you're going to like slowly pull a tooth out. <laughs> it is. It, it feels like a, any 90s movie where like a guy is forced to do something weird like meditation. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Dharma and Greg, this is what Greg heard when his wife was speaking. <laughs> sounds a little gay to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this all sounds very gay. <laughs> this all sounds very gay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we yeah. Need that. We, we need that as a clip to always insert. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, this, this soundtrack was fucking huge for me the movie was huge i was already a mortal Kombat nut i think i was probably in like second grade or something but uh i remember seeing the film and just leaving so like just on such a hype level like i was oh yeah i i was ready to enter mortal Kombat myself yeah <laughs> and die I, for die for the human race my favorite thing <clears throat> about it was that it, it felt like um it was like an update of blood sport and Big Trouble in Little China, if you mix them together, but then just had interminably long scenes of exposition <laughs> trying to explain a convoluted plot where, like, karate can save the world. <laughs> and that, and you know, or as they say in the thing, mortal men and women fighting <laughs> to defend the earth. You know? Like, <laughs> 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 um underrated part of the movie uh I, I did not appreciate that whatsoever as a kid but um no the game itself was huge i mean it was the it was kind of a fun time in the early 90s in general if you think about it right like everything seemed to like be a kind of a, it was the kids rule era and all it was was like new forms of pop culture in all fronts that were just upsetting parents you know <laughs> it, no no joke i yeah. mean inc including metal like metal was out there and thanks to soundscan they couldn't <clears throat> undercount their sales anymore they had to begrudgingly admit no these albums hit number 1 you know these things are going platinum they can't lie because <laughs> apparently they apparently were severely undercounting their sales for a long time oh wow yeah and so that's why it suddenly like there's albums that like of metallica that would sell millions and like prior to the black album it never hit number one, and you're like, that's kind of likely not possible. <laughs> but um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So you had all that sort of thing, and now you got video games with a new front that was like, oh, another new thing, a new thing for parents to be afraid of just dropped. Yeah, and it was <laughs> it was the shittily looking digitized graphics of Mortal Kombat with its ridiculous fatalities. Yeah. Where it looked like a kid's drawing of a head getting punched off. And how you, if you let a kid draw the blood splatter, it's what it basically looked like. <laughs> so there was that, and there was the full motion video games of like Sega CD, where like where all the moral panic came in. Right. Yeah. Night trap. <laughs> yeah. I just, Bummers I remember, ties. I remember like just like thinking. I wanted to play Night Trap really badly. I was like, there's like tits in that or something. Like, I just, there has I just, to be, right? I, there has to be with the, like how people are talking about it. I've got to play this game. 
Because otherwise, this looks like a really not fun movie to watch where I just occasionally push, like, the C button and then, like, nothing happens. <laughs> like, this game, this it was like, when you look at them now, they're, like, the absolute shittiest games. Uh, they've aged like shit, man. Like, they're awful. Um, and, the, and even, like, the more lurid stuff is, like, girls, like, having a pillow fight. And they're still <laughs> fully clothed. And it's like a, some, but it's a horrible song playing and the tone is very goofy. So there's like nothing to be remotely thrilled by. <laughs> but once again, you know, to go back to Christian woman, this was, this was a, a pre uh, Pornhub era. This was not, you know, you didn't, you, you didn't have everything in the world to get like completely desensitized to yet. Back then, <laughs> back then the littlest thing could just send you a flying, I guess. Right. <laughs> No, especially if you were Joe Lieberman, you clearly played hours of that and got really upset and had to explain how to do it on a congressional seat. Um, Mr. White, um, let me begin with you, and I suppose in one sense go to the the heart of the matter. Uh, We saw the clip before from uh, Night Trap with the woman being uh, attacked, Uh, and I said earlier that I thought that violence was gratuitous and uh, offensive and ought not to... uh, be available to people in our society. Uh, Mr. Lincoln, just here a few moments ago, as vice president of uh, the other leading company in this field, Nintendo, said, and I quote, this game simply has no place in our society. Um, why don't you agree? Why, why doesn't uh, Sega just pull Night Trap off the market? If you look here, exhibit uh, you know, B, if you go into the bottom of the staircase and you highlight the banister, you press down B, down A, the woman's top begins to loosen. You know, he's just kind of like he's, but he's like explaining it like in a way where it's like you clearly played this game or like read up on codes. You know? like, <laughs> it's quite a, a tantalizing display. <laughs> I mean, this is sick that a company would, would put this out, you know, apparently in addition to uh, turning a man into an ice cube and shattering him. There's also apparently uh, codes where the characters can be made to be nude. You know, it's just like yeah. <laughs> they have to have a co- they have a congressional hearing based on the rumors of nudalities that are being spread on elementary school playgrounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like 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 somehow it got back to like like Tipper Gore or something, and then like it from there. Like, there's a whole hearing, and they're like questioning Ed Boone, you know, and they're kind of questioning in a way where they're like, so they're you're saying there's absolutely no possible way any of us could see Sonya Blade nude. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I picture Biden can, like, chairing that hearing the same way he did the Anita Hill one, you know? <laughs> where he seems kind of dismissive and bored, but, you know, it's a little like, I, I, I wouldn't mind hearing some details, you know? <laughs> a, a lot of, and then what happens, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and, and then, and then did, it, did he do anything to her after that? You know, like. <laughs> I'm almost there. All right, now please bring in the creators of Leisure Suit Larry. (laughs) (laughs) I just pictured the creators of that game to be dressed in a leisure suit, too. (laughs) Look at, like, extras in a mid-90s Beck video. (laughs) But, yeah, so anyways, that movie, that that game comes out is huge. Part 2 comes out even bigger. Like, I remember thinking that was the coolest looking game I'd ever seen. Right, and And not, yeah. And when I was watching, I remember we went to see Dumb and Dumber in the theaters, and that was the first time I saw a trailer that there was going to be a movie. And to me, that was like, 
I could not stop. I didn't even remember the movie Dumb and Dumber at the time because all I could think of was there's going to be a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> like, oh my god, man! Like, I can't believe it. Did you see? Did you see Liu Kang? It looked like he was doing a jump kick in it. You know, like he's like your worst kid, like, nerd dork voice. You know? <laughs> oh my god! I swear to God, I saw Scorpion. You know? <laughs> Do you think they'll have smoke in this one? <laughs> yeah. I like that my nerd voice, our nerd voices are kind of bordering on Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you know they're making a movie of Mortal Kombat? <laughs> that would be incredible to sound like a lecherous Belgian just because he become a gamer and it's considered like a symptom or something. <laughs> I'm afraid your son's a gamer. and it, <laughs> What makes you be so certain of that? You know? <laughs> I think you're cast casting aspersions. <laughs> God damn, that is the most fun voice to do. I'm going to be at work the next day. Like, my next shift, I'm going to be there quietly to myself. Like, you know, I can make you a new account if, if the other one's blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Our printing services are down. We'll have to order that from another branch. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid that book is out of print. <laughs> that one is at the Outworld branch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I should. It has been checked out by a reptile. <laughs> when we open, you just kind of do it. It has begun. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, someone's re returning some books. Hello, baby. Did yeah. you miss me? <laughs> but, uh, oh my God. So, so the movie comes out and for me, it was everything you could possibly have wanted in a video game movie at the Great, time. Greatest film ever, in my opinion, when I saw it. That was my favorite. It was literally, I walked out. I was like, that was my favorite movie I've ever seen. I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's funny. I saw that with my uncles first, right? They were like, you know, because we're pretty close in age. And then the, I came home like, oh, my God. And my parents were like, yeah, we'll go see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll go check it out. With you, <laughs> you, you, you like hyped your parents up on it. You're like, you've got to see this. No, no, no. For like everyone else did. And so my parents <laughs> were like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, what? you want to go see it? So we did. And the sound system was just absurdly loud. It was the old United Artists Theaters in Thousand Oaks. And it was loud and it worked because of it, right? The music was just loud and everything. And my parents loved it. And so we ended up seeing it again, like in the cheap theater a few months later. So I had seen that movie three <laughs> times in the damn theater. I'm jealous. They liked, they liked it enough. We went to see Annihilation <laughs> right when it opened. <laughs> and you should have seen the energy from all of us just rapidly depleting. No, yeah. I mean, I was, I don't know how old I was. I'm not sure what year that came out, but that was my first 97. Big, that was my first big disappointment with movies. I, <laughs> it felt, it felt like a fucking like lifetime before those movies. And then when that came out, I remember seeing the trailers and be like, that looks something about that looks a little off to me. I'm only like 11 years old at that point. I'm like, there's something wrong here, but I'm still super excited. You know, oh, we're gonna see fucking Cyrax Sector. <laughs> oh maybe Cyrax we'll get. She'll be here. <laughs> maybe we'll get Ermac. You know, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like fucking. Oh god, yeah. I walked out of that like, what the fuck? 
I, yeah, my, all... my friend and I were making fun of it. That was also my first experience of like making fun of a shitty movie. Probably we were making fun of the sounds Jacks made when he fought because there's like a scene <laughs> where he does this like he's fighting and all of a sudden for some reason he goes, yeah, <laughs> like, like he's like doing a punch. He goes, <laughs> it's like he didn't do that in the game. That's all I remember. <laughs> No, I, I remember way too much from that because I had of went back and, and rechecked it out on purpose. And it, it is truly like the movie itself, when you see it now, it looks like one of those porn parodies of a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and half of them kind of and like especially like I think it's like Motaro and like Shiva and them. They act the way like a porn star acts in in a movie. Like, they have, like, a very odd, like, movement style and, like, they're, like, way expressive in a bizarre kind of way that's, like, that's not traditional acting, man. I don't know what you're doing, but but the first one was great. Everything about it was good. And from, like, the moment it began, the first thing you noticed was that incredible house music theme. I, w- I listened to it today at work and I, I, I can't, I'm not so sad to say that I got immediately pumped up when that beat kicked in. I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, this works still. I was like, ready to laugh. I was ready to laugh at it, but once it kicked in, I was like, oh, damn, this, that, it still works, man. Like, and so that brings us to the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, which I believe was most likely sold entirely on the strength of the damn theme song. <laughs> yeah, not too many I, soundtracks. Yeah. I think sell because of instrumental themes. Yeah, I had, I had the uh, the cassette, so and I would I. just. I'd listen to it on my Walkman. I'd rollerblade around our driveway. I'd run around, do fucking karate moves, and I would just rewind this first track over and over and over again until I got sick of it, and then I'd move on, and then once it got to the KMFDM song, I'd start rewinding that over and over again to listen to it. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, as we all know, KMFDM stands for Karate Music for Doing Moves. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But, um... Like I said, it came out in 1995. We were like peak alternative nation. I think grunge was starting to mutate into, you know, the god-awful monster that was post-grunge. It was like a weird in-between year because by 97, you had the electronica boom, but it wasn't here yet. You were kind of, everyone was mixed up. They didn't know where to go yet because, you know, like I said, the grunge thing's out. And I think for just those next few years, it was the Nine Inch Nail thing. They're like, maybe it's like industrial rock, you know? Like, yeah, closer was somehow a hit despite having swearing in the you know, in a really like disturbing video. Uh, maybe this can be the thing, and um, it definitely was a big no, it wasn't. It worked for one band for like a minute, and then again for Marilyn Manson, and then that was all we ever got out of it. Yeah, these bands were big on soundtracks though, like Gravity Kills was on fucking every soundtrack. I feel like, you know know what I were they on seven? I'm pretty sure they're on the seven soundtrack, but it was but they with a much better song. Guilty, right? Yes, (laughs) and oh my god, you know what this soundtrack is? You just said yes, they're big on soundtracks. They're all big on soundtracks for exactly the same scene in every movie. It is the scene where the like grizzled cops who have just seen like bodies ripped apart. Or, like, slaughtered, like, in some ritualistic fashion by, like, the twisted killer. There's a part where they have to, like, yeah, like, there's a lead, but it has to take you to this underground <laughs> club, right? Yeah. And they the always fucking, go... The goth nightclub. <laughs> yeah. And it's never portrayed as, like, the biggest dorks you've ever seen in Velvet Capes. You know, it's not like a room full of libertarians dancing. It's, like, 
always this like twisted place and like the band is always playing live despite like the music sounding extremely phony and processed yeah and they're like they're they're behind like a chain link fence like in roadhouse (laughs) yeah it it, it looks like the ministry's um it looks like ministry's uh mine is a terrible thing to taste tour because they used to build that actually they built that (laughs) with oil drums with fire in them that's fucking it. sick. That's yeah, that so actually sick. was awesome. And like at one point, I think they uh, Chris Connolly used to climb the top of it during So What. I love and everything. that. And then, yeah, it, it actually kicks ass. But um, and then like other people try to jump on the fence, and you see them kick their hands and knock them off. And stuff. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, in the movie, the cops are always there, and the cops are always like a little like man this place is fucking sick like like they would always be free and there's always like a woman like getting her nose pierced and like yeah. they, it, it shows that as if it's like man what kind of place are we in here you know <laughs> let's get out of here maybe there's like some hot vampire goth chick that tries to dance with them really briefly and they're like oh oh god oh <laughs> what is extra funny about that is you say that's ridiculous but you're like you know what I mean, you couldn't even wear, like, two pieces of black clothing without your family remarking on it back in those days. <laughs> yeah, like, who's who's hey, what, are you going to? <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are you doing there, Johnny Cash? You know, like, it was always some remark. <laughs> yeah. You're depressed. I got this a lot. You're depressing me. <laughs> <laughs> turns out they were serious. That he, they, they killed themselves because they wouldn't stop wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, Grandma. Yeah. she's like you're depressing me she's a new it's like um <laughs> she's putting the noose around her neck as she's as i'm sitting there i'm like fuck sorry this is just no. me it's, it's like wilford brimley in the thing when they locked him in the shed <laughs> and, they check, and they check on him it's like please let me out come on please let me out and you can see he's at his desk but there's a noose already ready to go <laughs> like if you notice that in the background he was on the verge of killing himself I never noticed that. Yeah, he's like, you know, come on, guys, just just let me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Mortal Kombat made by Paul <laughs> W. S. Anderson. That's a key thing. <laughs> Middle initials are huge in understanding who does what in this movie. Not Paul Anderson. It's not just Paul Anderson. It's Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah. No, no relation to Paul Thomas Anderson. Although, God, I wish it was made by him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if we ever get like a sequel to the 2021 reboot, we'll get a Paul, we'll get a Paul Thomas Anderson. It would have had to have been done by then, though, where like John Bryan still did the score and the whole thing takes place in the valley. (laughs) (laughs) And like John C. Riley's like Raiden and like Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Well, come on, guys. You know, just just let me win the tournament. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> God, I would love Paul Thomas Anderson's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's now three and a half hours long. <laughs> it's like, let's see, what's, who's on the soundtrack now? Let's see. Uh, Yola Tango, Amy Mann. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like... <laughs> Because in this era, it would have been before he got in with, like, Johnny Greenwood. That's, like, his second era where all his movies got much darker. Yeah. I, didn't Amy Mann do all of the shit for him for a while? Or like yeah, yeah. Magnolia? Everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I actually think it's not bad, but, um... Now, let's back to a good movie, Mortal Kombat. Right. And, <laughs> a, reason and, I, a, and I keep... a, good, a good movie and a great soundtrack. Yeah, you know what it is now? An okay movie for the genre it's in. 
but a, a pretty good soundtrack. <laughs> Every, everyone's raving about The Last of Us on HBO. I'd much rather watch Mortal Kombat 95. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. D- d- at least it's fun. At le- yeah, it's fun. Exactly. Everything now has to be like a... You know what it reminds me of? All the new like adaptations that in order to be ser- in order to be think taken seriously, they're like, oh, they, they, they did the exact same calculation as post grunge bands. They're like, well, Kurt Cobain killed himself and he seemed serious <laughs> and that's why people like him. So if we're extra serious, they'll have to extra like us. Yeah, <laughs> it's like right. that, that, that. That's not what it was, man. It's, you know, and, and that's how you get songs like Cumbersome. <laughs> Great fucking song. Right. Yeah. <laughs> disagree but you know <laughs> it's uh, that's yeah, to be debated that's gonna break up this podcast <laughs> before we finish before we t- finish our typo negative series we don't even get to october rust <laughs> i'm gonna get really pissed off at you slandering seven mary three on here and i'm just gonna cut off all communication <laughs> <laughs> this is a different guy on the show <laughs> You want to get into the songs? You want to go track by track with this thing? The Mortal Kombat soundtrack uh, was eventually certified, I think, platinum, and it made it. The, and it yeah, no joke. It went, it went platinum, and I think it hit number ten on the Billboard charts at its peak. Wow! And and apparently, it's the first considered the first thing that has any kind of EDM to apparently have gone platinum that way. No shit. Like like like, like hardcore techno though, not like uh, '90s house because CNC Music right. Factory would have beat them to it. Yeah, but um. Yeah, there was some weird cool stats I was reading about him like that, and I was like, wow. So Mortal Kombat soundtrack is a really funny little beast. Uh, like most 90s soundtracks, there's tiny snippets of dialogue. Um, thankfully, it's kept mercifully short because it doesn't think it's clever. Like, it knows better than to do that. So let's just start with the first track here. We open with um, George S. Clinton. Okay. Remember S. Clinton. That is a key <laughs> factor here. Not, Not Parliament. I thought for years, this was the Parliament Funkadelic guy. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was for like, weird. Fucking he- years. All like, probably to like two or three years ago. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> As a little kid, I remember. And I was like, so the guy in the bop gun video with ice cube is doing this too. Wow. Cool. <laughs> I like his use of drums. You know? Wow, like, <laughs> the we we want the funk guy is pretty eclectic. Yeah, this guy, you know, which is you know what's funny. I bet he would be pretty cool at that too, but that's not him. <laughs> then we get the first of the skippable shitty songs: the demo of "Gravity Kills Goodbye." It's a demo and it really sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds awful. It's fucking weak and shitty and uh, everything about the vocals and stuff is just really funny. It feels like a parody. If like a TV show had a character like Sopranos when that guy, when Christopher is trying to record a band. Yeah, Defiler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This this would feel like something they would make up for a show. Yeah, Defiler when they were trying to be Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So the goodbye demo has like a really irritating hook too of just him going, 
ay, 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 over and over yeah. again. And it's, yeah, it's really fucking awful. Ay, 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 don't need this poison. But it sounds like, ay, 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 don't need divorce. And <laughs> I picture him saying, ay, 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 like A-Y-E. You know, like trying to do like a Spanish thing. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> yeah, like it's like the Bumblebee man screaming or something. Ay, ay, ay. His home is ay, in disarray. Dios mio. <laughs> yeah. No es bueno. <laughs> <laughs> but then the oh, verses God. just go right back. <laughs> Such a bad fuck it. This song, I thought this kicked ass when I was a kid. Listen, I had, I had this was one of the ones I hadn't revisited in the intervening years, but listening to it now, holy shit, it fucking sucks. I'll say this: I remember the album version enough to know just like it's super different um, in terms of its production, and I think I realize now that whole first uh, self-titled album, which you know, stay tuned, we're gonna definitely get to that at some point in the future. But um, John Fryer basically deserves like ninety percent of the credit for making that thing sound remotely listenable because. Uh, he's the producer. He also did Pretty Hate Machine. Oh, okay. And a handful of other records, but I'll probably get more research by the time we get to that. But uh, yeah, it is. Dude, this shit sounds like ass. It, like the drumming, the drum track sounds like a like a, what did you? Say? It sounds like a Bally's Total Fitness commercial. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like just like something you'd hear playing in the background of a yeah. Bally's Total Fitness ad I, from like ninety seven. It, no, it actually feels like a 1993 uh, MTV The Grind workout video. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the guy's just saying, I, I, I don't need these extra pounds. You know, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's terrible. And and yeah, so that song fucking sucks. It played it this, although it did play actually in the movie. But that was clearly this was TVT Records, the label looking to replace the fact that they lost Nine Inch Nails. And so this was their marquee band. They were real excited for Gravity Kills. So they put them in the soundtrack and they put them in the movie. But once again, this would sound like shit in the actual movie. So it plays over the end credits. (laughs) Yes. I I said earlier, it sounds like a rudimentary AI was just like fed pretty eight machine. And this was like the fourth shittiest result it pumped out. Like it's, it's so bad. For some reason, you could hear that it can't draw Garfield's hands, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Just like the lyrics are just nothing, too. It's just Sometimes you're wrong, and then sometimes sometimes you're right. right. (laughs) It's it's an industrial version of that Phil Collins song. Wait, which one? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) God damn it. Fucking, I can't remember what it's called Which one is it? It's not That's All, is it? Yeah. Why does it always say, seem you, to you, be? <laughs> Sometimes black. Some or I say black. You say white. Tell yeah. me it's wrong when I know that it's right. <laughs> it's always the same. It's just a shame. That's all. Yeah, I yeah. know that song, man. Yeah, it's like it's the industrial butt version of that. <laughs> yeah, because Phil Collins at least could sing, man. <laughs> oh, Phil, Phil Collins could write a fucking hit. Yeah, you know what's funny? Unapologetically, this is a pro Phil Collins podcast. All right, so the next song on here, I guess I have the track listing here, is Juke Joint Jezebel by KMFDM. Now we're talking, yes. (laughs) 
I, this when I played this at work today, as soon as this guitar riff kicked in, I just got this big smile on my face. It's like, yes, this is this is a great riff. It's a kick-ass riff. This is the uh, Gerardo uh, Moroder, the guy who basically made that awesome it, Donna Summer Donna, what Donna the Summer fuck? song. It's he his remix. This? No it's way. It. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I had, right here I had no it. idea that he was involved in this. Yeah, he's. I mean, the guy's it, amazing. It just, said, it just says the Metropolis mix. It says nothing yeah. about Giorgio Moroder. Giorgio Moroder Metropolis mix. It says. I'm looking at it here, and I remember that on the oh. tape it said that. Yeah. So no, no, that guy's a fucking genius, and he's done some awesome shit. And it, this is a uh, he had good material to work with. Um, I like. I think we had reference to each other privately before. I still prefer the album version, Same. but. For the sake of this soundtrack, I actually think this works better because one of the things I noticed he did is it's cleaned up. It's like it's much more segmented, like like the, the guitar yeah. is separate from the beat. And so it right. all hits harder. It sounds less clunky and less mm-hmm. noisy than the album mix. But I think the album mix uh, still is a, is a better overall song. Yeah, there's um, a couple the- things that are missing here from the album version. Those I mentioned the wind synths and like the pre-chorus. Do, 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 do. In the yeah, background, yeah. it's like... It's missing here, and I really like. I was waiting for that to come in, but on the track listing I listened to, the theme came first, and I was going to talk about Laser Star. And oh how- no, no, that was this whole soundtrack. By the way, was a big part of growing up. Any arcade or Laser Star or something, yeah. this was present. Yeah, that was the only good laser tag place I ever went to, and I think a big part of it was because they blasted that fucking Mortal Kombat theme, and they had they had a pretty good sound system. Like I remember <laughs> yes, trying they did. to. I remember trying to communicate with like my teammates and I could not hear them over the fucking Mortal Kombat soundtrack. But I remember just coming out of there drenched in sweat and like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go again. Let's (laughs) fucking do this. You know, what's you know, what's kind of cool. One thing I was kind of fun about having your parents have you as teenagers, like one of the few things that's an advantage is that like things like that. I got to like do with my dad a lot. Yeah, because we'd dad. always be and we'd always be on the same team, and he would like just annihilate the. Yeah, kids. I was gonna say my dad. Yeah. My dad won us a free pizza when we went. <laughs> He's like, here, stand behind me, guard me, and I'll just I'll just like empty yeah. the shit onto their base to get more points, yeah. and we'll win. And it was like I never even considered that. I was just trying to have fun. He's like, no, no, stay here while yeah. I go to their enemy base. So, like. <laughs> exactly the same story with me my dad was like come on like no no i saw him he's doing this i saw him they're like he's like they're holding their hand their arms up like this and covering the sensor on their arms so you can't hit it hold your gun like this (laughs) you know if the kid shoots you just step on his foot you know just like like (laughs) no no he never advocated anything like that but yeah you could just unload in the base because it was like five times the points if you got a base shot yep versus like shooting other people so he was like fuck i ain't shooting anybody like you do that cover me and i'll do that and then when we'll switch when i'm done and like you watch us just rack up our points makes such a difference having an adult on the team yeah with a bunch of like nine-year-olds and it's like gee i can't imagine why we are team one god that was a fucking glorious day yeah my dad won us a pizza and i was like i was so bummed out when he wouldn't agree to more laser star after that i was like please let's do it again Dad, you should have flattered him. You should have flattered him. You should have been like, Dad, you're the only one who knows how to win, you know? Yeah, his ego is so big, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have mattered. He doesn't He doesn't want to hear that from me. He wants to hear that from his peers. 
Oh, damn. You know what? You should have had like a Colonel Troutman type, like in Rambo, like with a helicopter pull up to his backyard. Like, we're going to need you back at Laser Star. Just, just, just drop as we're walking out to the car, as we're leaving Laser Star, the helicopter lands in the parking lot. Yeah. But yeah, this song fucking, this song rules. I have an, I have an unfortunate memory attached to just the band as a whole. Yeah, though. I was, I was going to say it kind of coincides with this little bit I have. I just remember like, li- I would listen to this on my Walkman. I'd be running around the yard, no one around. But I remember when this song came on, I would always look over my shoulder. Like no one knows I'm listening to this, right? Like. <laughs> Even at nine years old, I was deeply ashamed to be digging those like corny choir vocals. Yeah, that's the big thing about this. I'm sure we'll pump in snippets of every song, maybe like a few seconds at least. But that you got to hear how they sound because it, it it's kind of not like a part of it. It's the part of it. It's kind right. of central to their whole and anything they did, especially around a certain year. It all is that. And um but I had gotten into them, but in a deeply like embarrassed kind of way. And I remember I had bought, I had spent like my first paycheck on like just CDs. I bought like a giant Echo in the Bunnyman box set and all this other stuff. One of the things I bought was a best of KMFDM. And for some reason, this, this, this thing does it in reverse chronological order. And like, I remember the first song I think is Power. And then it goes into like Juke Joint Jezebel and a few others. So it's all like super cheesy choir heavy songs. And I um, happened to have them on me, but I had gone, I had to do a shift at a grocery store and a girl there had liked me and everything. And it was like, you want to hang out? I'm like, okay, sure. So I had my stuff with me. We hang out that whole evening and everything. And she seems a little like more cool than me and everything. So you're kind of like intimidated and right. I get dropped off. I go home. I forget my CDs in the car. I kind of forget that I forget like, that I did that until the next time I see her. She goes, oh, you left these in here. And I was like, oh, OK. And then she kind of looks at them and she goes, points at just that one. She goes, yeah, I decided to see what all that was. And uh, you listen to this <laughs> <It's just> instant, <laughs> like the deepest shame just like fell over me. Like, you I like swear to shit? God. Yeah, it's like, no, it doesn't all sound like that. You know, the, the album tra- the tracks don't do that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to keep listening. It's better. Yeah, I swear to God, no, no, not the ones on here. There's this other one, you know, like just, just, I, I just didn't have any. I just kind of did like a yeah. That's all I could say back was <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, like teeth clenched, breathing in, you know. Uh, yeah, that, that's all I can say. So yeah, that that that, that song resulted in, in like. I, I'm sorry. A person <laughs> who probably apologizing. It was great though because like I kind of wasn't like necessarily attracted to her or anything and i kind of can't help but imagine that maybe discover leaving kmfdm in their car was kind of the secret to getting out of that situation <laughs> like like you know it's like the you could be living out. a different life now man <laughs> no no like it's a good thing i wanted to get out of that and i think that's like a good good advice it's just like if you want to kind of break up with somebody but you don't want to be the bad guy just uh you know be like hey this is what i'm into and then be like oh <laughs> just, just give them a kmfdm cd <laughs> yeah <laughs> Here, check out the album. It's called Money, you know. (laughs) 
one of my favorites, but definitely one that could probably like turn people off. <laughs> so the next yeah. one after this, oh, the, this next couple of them will go by pretty fast, honestly, because there's they're unremarkable. <laughs> the next one is Psychosonic, spelt with a lot of uh, K's. And I did not, a- I did not remember this one. I must have fast forwarded past this as a kid. Oh. I forgot to say, there's a thing I'm going to try to do here. The Juke Joint Jezebel, by the way, is in the movie. It's not just added for no reason. And it is in the scene where Sonya fights Kano. I forgot to say that. Okay. Psychosonic, however, is the song called Unlearn with Josh Wink's live mix. Yeah, um, Wink's live sequenced is what and, it sounds like. Yeah, and uh, it's not in the movie. And it's seven and it, a half minutes long. <laughs> it's not in the movie because it sucks. <laughs> That's all Skip I can it. say. This song fucking, this is um, incredibly aggressively boring. It sounds like you can start to sing that, baby, if you want me, you got to show me love. You can kind of sing that over it. Like it doesn't have the same exact beat, but it has the same tempo. And I'm like, that's all it sounds like to me. It's just like a weird, long, kind of dull, uh, like it, it's, it's just it's there's it's just a big nothing of a song and uh definitely one of the ones you definitely should be skipping right uh, it's like so, so, it's very confusing choice here honestly so far the way the soundtrack starts i gotta say uh it's actually we're down two two bad songs yeah gravity kills and psychosonic and so far one big thumb up with kmfdm the george yeah. s clinton ones don't count so and then we move on from there we go on to uh tracy lord's <laughs> And we get control, the Juno reactor instrumental. This was in the movie with Reptile. With Liu Kang fights Reptile. Yeah, this is another super long techno song. And I was wondering, like, I, I even as a kid, I wondered this. I somehow knew who Tracy Lords was, <laughs> porn star, as a kid. I knew, and I just remember being like, did she did she make this? Or did she just sing on it? Did she do the production? Well, here's the thing. It's fucking <laughs> instrumental, so if she did, I don't know what she did on it. I mean, it it just sounds like it's like a tech. I don't know. I'm not good with electronic genres. It's like techno, dance, trance, whatever the fuck. At least this one has a little more aggressive beat than the last one. I could see this being played at Laser Star. Uh, the next one is Orbital Halcyon on and on. The third song in a row that is a long, drawn out techno song. Yes, this is all side A of the tape. I remember this and. Yeah. Um, this one plays in the movie. Uh, this is when uh, Shang Tsung dies and the souls are released. Yeah. And Luke Kang sees his brother again. I 
I kind of dig this song, actually. I think it's quite gorgeous, and I think it and it doesn't just stay in one zone. Like, it does seem to have, like, a long opening, but then it picks up, and then it kind of fades back out. Like, it has multiple sections to it. Um, I always thought it was exceptionally gorgeous. Um, looking back now, I can't help but wonder how much of this is probably done in a very Spaceman 3-style, like, ecstasy-like kind of thing like where they were all just really <laughs> high on that just dr- just dripping sweat on their samplers yeah exactly <laughs> just kind of like just really like like that's probably what inspired the writing of this because this song is like much older than the soundtrack i think this came out in like 91 but yeah no no i i agree i i i did like this song it's 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 pretty it's got a chill vibe it's like it's weirdly like it feels refreshing hearing it it's like it, it's like it's like a nice, cool breeze hitting you. Um. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, that sounds funny, but that I think that's you're actually hitting the nail on the head with that. So Orbital, Orbital, yes, it's good. So let's see. I'm trying to think what the score so far is because we have one more song on side A and then things really, really, really like switch up. Thank God. Wait, thank is, God. Wait, side is side A. Uh, is the next track Geezer? Nope. The next okay. song is Utah Saints. <laughs> Oh, so this is this is the uh, this is the the remix of the theme. Yeah, the remix of the theme, oh, which God. is just filled to the brim with fucking dialogue for some reason. This sucks. Fucking garbage. It's awful. I remember being like, oh, there's the theme because I was a kid searching on the tape for it, right? <laughs> yeah, and I remember same. being like, this? And I was like, so like, fuck, I was like, this sucks. This isn't it. <laughs> and it's just constantly like, Lou, like, I am the chosen one. I. <laughs> I am the chosen one. I. Like, over and over again. And it's like, and a lot of Raiden, surprisingly. I was thinking as a joke how funny it would be to include Raiden. Like his goofy voice, but no, you hear a lot of like Marthal man and women like over and over again <laughs> in that thing. Okay, so we fucking got through Utah Saints awful fucking cover of the theme. And now we get to the second side, which I consider the far superior side. But holy shit, does it not start that way? Because <laughs> we, we have to open before we get to the good shit. We still got one more fucking like awful piece of shit to go through. And that is geezer, G-Z-R, geezer with the invisible. invisible, the man on the street, the force of silence you don't want to beat, the homeless, the poor, society's tricks, the drunk and the junkie, the woman who begs. like this song <laughs> fuck no burton c bell of fear factory and geezer butler of black sabbath on the same track and you don't like this song <laughs> what the fuck no it's it's clumsy plotting generic yes um not good no it, 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 you actually probably hit the nail on the head with all that it's also very weirdly like we call it like Lisa Simpson metal or something like I don't know what else to call it. But the weird preachiness of it. Yeah, it's extremely preachy, but like in a it's all your fault kind of way. <laughs> because like oh, the the chorus, right? The old and dying are obsolete. Children crying in the street. But um, 
there's this one part right before that where he says, uh, the people who die for the drugs that you use, the woman you <laughs> batter, the husband you cheat, you know, and it's like, so this is all my fault now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was laughing at that that line. Yeah, it's like the invisible, the child you abuse, the people who, dry, who die for the drugs that you use, the <laughs> wife that you batter, the husband you cheat, the old and the dying, the now obsolete. I'm like... So according to Burton C. Bell, spousal <laughs> infidelity is akin to child abuse and domestic battery. Like, just like cheating on your husband. That's, I mean, that's as big of a sin as like your husband being the shit out of you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I was thinking exactly the same thing here. You should be ashamed of yourself just as the child abusers are. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this, uh. The idea of like that kind of level of preachiness, it kind of reminded me a little bit, I remember a long time ago, someone said that about MC Hammer, that all of his stuff, like songs like Pray and everything, like he was so like weirdly preachy and like, a, it kind of felt a little bit like Hulk Hogan, like telling kids to say their prayers and all that. Take their vitamins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the planet will die because you won't reuse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like The homework you missed, the veggies you won't eat. <laughs> <laughs> the children are starving and you still won't you know like, <laughs> just do it like, like, like yeah the clean plate club mix you know? <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that <laughs> also I, I looked it up this this fucking Burton C. Bell who taught this guy the word obsolete <laughs> there's a Fear Factory has an album and a song titled obsolete and he says the damn word 10 times in this fucking song it's like he he just learned this word he could not wait to use it as much as he could oh my god yeah exactly he had a thesaurus in front of him and he's like Oh, like yeah, I got real excited. Guys, I got an idea. His his fucking vocals on this are so funny. Oh, <laughs> they're dying <laughs> obsolete. You know what's funny? It's kind of the it, it, that is the alt metal version of the Eddie Vedder voice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Children crying in the street. See, so you, you just have him do the I'm going hungry. <laughs> like well, you know what it is, is the parts I do like of him, they always sound extremely processed. Yeah, yeah. So like he can do like I hear the screaming, but then when it gets to the other parts and you know what? Here, let's put a fucking thing in here. So say we're going to put a fucking pin on that song now because that's that one's over. So like that one's done it, and it sucks. <laughs> and what else it has in common? It's not even in the goddamn movie. Ah, but sorry, but the next one, <laughs> I have like a, a vocal effects on my burp. Um, But the next one is and the next one I is also got B. Uh, what is his name? C. Burton. <laughs> Burton C. Bell, the MVP of the soundtrack, <laughs> back to back, <laughs> back to back. One of the, and he also he did some heavy lifting because he made one of the worst songs and one of the best. <laughs> um, at least in my opinion, I fucking love this song, "A Zero Signal" by Fear Factory. I do too. <laughs> Oh, 
I love like, this song. You know, I, I and I love it because it opens with uh, it reminds. I like that it samples a better movie though. The Terminator. Yeah, Terminator <laughs> Two, the dream yeah. sequence. Yeah, so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, it's used in the movie. It is the Johnny Cage Scorpion fight, which is probably the yes. best part of the movie. Yeah, World absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so fucking good. Yeah, the the funny thing. Uh, about the uh, that the Terminator sounds in the beginning. I'm just going to read a little bit from their Wikipedia right now. Um, in terms of influence on the group's work, Dino Cazares, that's the guitar player, has cited the band's members' interest in fantasy and science fiction alternative universes, such as the Terminator mythos. <laughs> mythos. <laughs> the Greek people's mythos. <laughs> Over the years, the film Blade Runner has become a recurring theme as the band often makes lyrical reference to the plot, as well as directly quote and sample lines from the film. No way. Are you serious? There's like a band that like samples Blade Runner? No way. Oh, they like Blade Runner? <laughs> Holy shit. I've never heard that before. Revolting Cosby, but Pop will eat itself literally as a song called Wake Up Time to Die. <laughs> That that movie kind of almost exclusively only exists still to this day because of fucking industrial bands in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> this song was a huge moment for big fat Mexican guys in metal. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Would not to be outdone until the Deftones won their Grammy in 2001. <laughs> okay, dude. But anyway, so we get that song. That song, actually, I do like it. I like the chorus parts better than the verses. I think the choruses are really nice in it. I'm really disappointed to learn he can't fucking do this shit live at all. <laughs> now, now it feels like a lie. But um, uh, I actually think the song ends really great. I like that big piano part. The piano, the, yeah. And the song slows down. Sort of reminds me of, like Faith No More epic a little bit. Yeah. And what's kind of funny, though, is his voice sounds extra funny, though, when it slows down, though, because he's like, he's doing the like, I, I have... I am so numb. He's like making as mo much space in his mouth as he can as he sings this. <laughs> I am so numb. So numb. So numb. <laughs> Imagine having neighbors just like, what the fuck are they doing in there? <laughs> And we go into a song that had a pretty like funny impact on not impact it's a bit much but uh <laughs> the, on me we go into Sister Machine Guns Burn, yes. <laughs> which we briefly discussed on our very first episode actually. Because this one stuck out to me a lot as a kid. It just, you know what it was? They, it's almost like they knew, like, the only way this is going to get listened to is if we put it after Zero Signal and before Blood and Fire. But oh my God, like, I used to fucking love this song. I, yeah, that is one of those things that revisiting your, it's like revisiting like a later period Farrelly Brothers movie that you thought was funny. And you're kind of like, this, this is fucking interminable. <laughs> um, 
I still like some of the sequencer noises and effects, and there's like certain sounds to it I really like. But holy I've got to admit, the- listening to it today, I was like, I was getting some nostalgic feelings. Like I, I, I see why I like this. Yeah, it um, it's kind. You know, it's kind of embar- Like the most embarrassing thing imaginable for any band to have done is when like 1994 era like Love and Rockets had been on hiatus for like five years. And when they came back, it's like they tried to sound a bit like this. No, I've never heard that stuff. <laughs> yeah, hot trip to heaven. And there's a reason that just killed, well, in addition to the five years off, there's like a reason they just didn't make the leap into the next decade. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, this is like what we said before. Is this this feels like this was like supposed to be in the movie. It's not. Like, and if it was, it would be really funny because the only way that would happen is if it was like rated R. Because, yeah, like (laughs) the Liu Kang and Katana sex scene. Yeah, it would have been a yeah, the love scene. Yeah. (laughs) I I swear to God, I heard this in some softcore movie from HBO back in the day. I swear. Uh, Some Cinemax stuff right there. There's Liu Kang and Katana in the background. He's like, see Raiden peek his head around the corner. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Use the element which brings life. (laughs) 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 But yeah, no, I, it's an okay song. Like, I, like I weirdly like will still kind of stand up for it, but that's probably, if I'm being truly fair, it's, it's fucking goofy. I know it, but I'm still going (laughs) to give it a pass. And I know I'm being completely fucking biased by nostalgia. (laughs) So, so we got two ones that pass in a row and then we get, the next song here is Blood and Fire out of the Wait, Ashes mix. Who Who is this by? What band is this? Uh, Napalm Death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. My track listing's all crooked. Uh, typo Negative. Ah, our boys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. This was a hundred percent not in the goddamn uh, movie. I kind of wish where would it? I feel like this should have played like the opening or just a part of it in the background, with, like any scene with Goro. <laughs> this would have been a better credit song than. Oh God, yes. But, um, oh my God, anything would have been better than that. But they're we not. We talked on the same about this label. song a lot. We've talked about this song a whole yeah, lot. <laughs> you, you, you all know how I feel. I'm just saying that there was these three songs in a row, and right when. Blood and Fire ends, I'd hit stop, rewind, go back to Zero Signal. <laughs> and that was the part of the tape that got worn out was those three songs. And so we can already move on from that because we already know how we feel. And then we get into a band called Bile with a song called <laughs> I Reject. <laughs> I 
Oh my god, I don't do you want to start with that man? You seem to be looking a lot of stuff up about him. I have this uh, album, by the way. Do you have you have this album? I have that first album and uh it's a <laughs> it, it, you know do you remember when um Slipknot first came out and they had all those like barcode t shirts that said yeah. like people equal shit? Yeah. Um it's a lot of that kind of vibe. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. And in fact, in fact, the song ends with like this just is, someone shitting. Does it really? <laughs> yeah, like 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 a like a like noise in there, like a bunch of foley sounds of someone crapping or something. Like it's really awful. <laughs> Musically, this, <laughs> this song itself, I always jokingly said to myself, like, what it, would would this have been like the unreleased like song had Cyrax been in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> This sounds like something oh, a cyborg would listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing I really have on Bile or this song is like, even though they're a band you've never heard of since this fucking soundtrack, they've been active. They've been active ever since then. And they, they even have a Wikipedia page just for their discography. The Bile discography is a Wikipedia page. Jesus Christ. How much do they, what are they like, the, like the fall? How prolific are they? <laughs> Uh, so they have 10 releases uh, on their Wikipedia discography. The the most recent being Sharks and COVID Volume 1, well, which came out in 2020. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't know. Just just yeah. seeing that name pissed me off. But <laughs> yeah, this, I, I, me too. It, which, which was released only on YouTube. So uh, <laughs> appa- apparently they sent this to Spotify and Bandcamp and they just got back. I reject. Yeah, because that's what you should do with all of this stuff. I kind of halfway dug it. I, I remember it sounded heavy. I liked enough. this. I yeah, liked it I when like, I was a kid. You ever seen the music video for this particular song? It's fucking no. hilarious. No. It kind of reminds me of the Biohazard video uh, for Tales from the Hard <laughs> Side. A lot of like, the band like 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 jumping in front of the like like kind of doing onyx moves. <laughs> <laughs> you know like a lot of like trying to act hard and everything and, and it's kind of and it's like in a really grainy black and white look yeah i can i can picture it with you describing it. yeah exactly so it's just a lot of the guys doing that and it's like one of those where they all have like weird like michael myers jumpsuits and everything yeah. and you know and like masks you know there's a lot of that kind of like we have like yeah. no identity man because it's like society you know <laughs> yeah where you where you'd say that and trail off because you don't really have a point <laughs> they've crushed my individuality <laughs> well remember that was the most important thing to have in the 90s and that and that's why we sound like a bad nine inch nails ripoff <laughs> eventually covering them in the worst fucking way imaginable that's that's part of the concept yeah. <laughs> all right now the next we get napalm we get napalm death Oh, my God. 
get fucking grindcore on this, this is, album. This is like when I was re-listening to this today. I was this this is the one that really caught me by surprise. Like I remembered it, hearing it, but it really now more than ever it feels like a big change of pace just for, from the sheer like brutality of it. Like it's just fucking unrelenting. Yes, exactly. That's the best way to put it. And all the way, this is in the movie. Do you remember when? I feel like is this Goro? It's when it's, it's yes, the he's he's fighting. Of, the, yeah, he's just killing all the dudes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just a montage of guys like hitting the fucking floor repeatedly. Yeah, and half Perfect. of them like and half of them just look like like got like like fat plumbers and shit like that. They don't even look like guys who fight. <laughs> like, like the no owner muscle. of a pizza restaurant. <laughs> yeah, like guys named like Sal and Vito. Just like, <laughs> yeah, say so, a dude named Sal. <laughs> yeah. Not the drummer from Typo Negative. <laughs> Although he also looked like they a Sal. Should, dude, they should have been fucking extras in that movie. Peter Steele could have been Goro. Dude, yes. And there's two guys in that movie as extras, and they both look like Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> no joke. I got to find the frame of the movie where you see them, and they both scream at each other. And I was like, well, there's two Anthony Kiedis's here on Mortal Kombat Island? <laughs> he's been condemned but this no but this fucking song actually kicks ass um i think the band i remember thinking i would just be dismissive of them as a kid right like oh this is too much for me and like i got into them super late in life uh like when i kind of started getting because i got into like um god flesh and then from there like checked out early napalm death and i was like napalm death is what happens if you take swan's cop and you speed it up yeah, especially those early albums like Scum. Yeah, and the one at the enslavement to a like obliv- oblivion or whatever it's called, but like uh that album in particular sounds very much like 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 sped up Swans. Yeah. But th- by this point they're kind of clearly a different beast and this thing is fast and it is heavy and like you said it is fucking relentless. Yeah. And it makes I love it. <laughs> all the attempts at being heavy on like by Geezer and Fear Factory sound so fucking tame. Seriously, yeah. I I love like I love how it's just like constantly changing, unrelenting and then they just break into this fucking groove in the middle of it out of yes. nowhere. Just groove and I was like banging my head and then right back in into this just pummeling like oh my god yeah you know what's kind of cool about that i was thinking you know what it's like to me it's like when people are like check out these like it's like a bunch of horror movies and they're all like friday the 13th and freddy movies and then just somewhere right in the middle of that is like some like true like beyond like i'm trying to think of like something that's like just like those one of those weird Japanese ones where it looks like it's like uh, recreations of snuff films or something. <laughs> like it's that level of difference in horror. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, but this is like that different level of difference in metal. Like it's like yes. this, like this shit fucking owns and it's fucking great. And uh, now we get and yes, in the movie and a fucking winner in my book. Yeah, for sure. And now we get to <laughs> the opposite of Bile, which a band with its huge, massive discography. We get to Mother's Day Out. M U T H A apostrophe S. What you see? What you see? 
this is another big this is the scene where Sony's looking for Kano that's why I thought it came earlier because it happens early in the movie but yes definitely and um is it, and this is one of those classic uh except they they kind of smartly skip over it but a scene of a bunch of guys headbanging in a club <laughs> yeah. and they're like supposedly performing live <clears throat> and this just sounds like a, an annoying kind of like I think they're from like Oklahoma or Nebraska. They're from like one yep. of those states, which sounds yeah. like really dismissive. But um, and it sounds like <laughs> it. If that, if that makes sense, like I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. totally could hear it. Um, <laughs> I looked them up the other day, like a while ago, and uh, they have the funniest Wikipedia of all time. <laughs> Super detailed because <laughs> it can only have been done by the members themselves. <laughs> like, like there is no way in hell anyone on their own is getting the public information that the guitarist owns two Dairy Queens. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, like he's got a couple of franchises. Like, like that is the level of detail in their discography, and they only ever had one record. Um, I, I think honestly, this is probably the this is the the biggest it was ever going to get for them. Uh. I don't hopefully really made, know. Hopefully, they made a couple bucks off of this. I, I, no, I, I buy those Dairy hope Queens. <laughs> yeah, and like, I hope the I hope the best for those guys. They seem like good enough <laughs> dudes. Uh, it's not for me. I don't care for it. What one bit? It uh, sucks. I, yeah, I think the attempted like fast rap singing over it. Is, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it kind of feels like a. That's like what it fucking sounds like. It's like if Boomhauer was the vocalist from fucking King of the Hill. Hang on, go, 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 there, man. You know what I'm talking about? You know, some see you red, you know, and we all bleed. What you see, we all bleed red. What you see. I just remember sampling through their album kind of just to find something funny, right? And, and then I did. And it was just this like weird song. I think it's called Memories Fade. And it was just something really funny. It just about say, I think the opening line is like, Mama's in the kitchen, working yes. there all day. Just keep, I remember and, you sending that to me fucking years ago. And it's just something about the constant all day, like constantly saying all day over and over again. It gets said all through the song. We but might have felt- to cover this on a bonus episode at some <laughs> just, point. <laughs> just that whole album. Yeah. My Soul is Wet, I think it's called. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, and I don't really know what that means. But, uh, yeah, the song does not get a pass. Uh, it's a fail for me on that one. Not a good song. But we get into, uh, you know, thankfully, Side B doesn't keep you down for very long because we get The Immortals with the... It's And apparently the Mortal Kombat theme is called Techno Syndrome. Techno, it's a, it's a, it's in the the DSM. It's a real psychiatric condition. We shouldn't make fun of it. Well, this is the down remix. <laughs> Techno down it syndrome. Took me okay, a out. <laughs> is there more to say even about the theme other than that it actually just fucking kicks ass and it's a good def- definite pass? Yeah, it's it's still a bop after all these years, and just I mean, really, really great lyrics too. Yeah, exactly. The smartest thing they ever did is just just sample just the actual video game voice. When he says, uh, Sonia, I felt that. Yeah, I knew what he meant. The girl character. <laughs> it would have been funny if it clearly just said, the girl character. Like like an earlier file where they didn't know what to call her yet. Female. But- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
That sounds like some like PUA thing. Like just because like, I think calling women females in general has like a really odd kind of vibe to it. But uh, no, that one gets a pass from both of us, and there's not a whole lot to say because there's just there's not a lot of meat on the bone. But what is there is excellent. Listen and to it, it, get it, get pumped. That's all. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, if you want to do cardio, this, this shit helps. Um, now we get George S. Clinton again, featuring Buckethead. Hell yeah, he shreds. Yeah, dude, Goro versus Art, and this, of course, was in the movie. This is Goro's fight with Art, and it's the one that famously has just that weird, like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's just that weird theme that just kind of plods along. It's not that great, honestly. Um, yeah, and yeah, and like, I've, I've never been a fan of like the shredders to begin with. Like, that's never been my thing. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, Steve Vai is here, fun. and I'm like, oh. Okay, it's like the it's like somebody it's like a it's like saying your favorite actor is the person who's the most histrionic, you know? Yeah, or your your favorite writer is the one who can type the fastest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, doesn't mean what they say is any good. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the fastest word per minute. Your guy doesn't. <laughs> yeah, all I know about Buckethead is that he has like fifty fucking albums, and uh, that's all. 50 fucking albums and not a single song. It's just all fucking, yeah, and, and it's all fucking noodling, man. At least to me it is. So, like, I'm saying a definite no to that. And then the last thing here is just called uh, Demon Warrior's Final Combat, and that is, I believe, the scene at the end with, um, when Shang Tsung is like, it's the final battle when him and Liu Kang fight. The music uh, shifts a little bit, because it does the, the, the main theme, their first time they spar. And then Shang Tsung does the quote unquote tests and it's just that it's just score music and it's whatever. It's not really good or bad. Another George Clinton joint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be funny would have been to just completely change it. Just put some maggot brain in that scene. <laughs> God, that would have actually made it a much more interesting movie. Just super stupid playing over the Liu Kang fight. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And then that is. It's not appropriate at all, but I'm trying to think better. What what is the fucking uh, like pass fail ratio here? One, two, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight out of seventeen tracks. Because I'm not counting the few instrumentals, so really eight out of fourteen. I guess the album as it stands today holds at about fifty sixty percent rate. Okay, about so about 60, C C yes. minus. <laughs> no, sixty percent. I I would well. I don't know. I would say because the the percent that's there is good. Like the percentage I, that yeah. is there is good. And um, sure. I honestly, uh, I think the biggest <clears throat> thing that gives it it's a high grade now for me uh, would probably be Napalm Death because the idea of like getting me as a little kid to hear a Mortal Kombat theme and then be like, oh cool, you know what else you should check out, man? Napalm Death. You know, <laughs> like I, I yeah. think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I was trying to remember, like, listening to it today. I I'm, I can't remember, like, what my take on it was at the time. I remember definitely noticing the difference in the intensity and the heaviness, but um, this one didn't grab me as much, or that one didn't grab me as much as a kid. But listening to it today, I was thinking, like, fuck, I need to check out these Napalm Death albums. Yeah, it's like, damn, I kind of thought, like, when, when once uh, Juanita Broderick left, I just thought, like... Um... 
you know, she she left to form God uh, God flesh. I just kind of assume. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Uh, I just assume. <laughs> you imagine him trying to sing like multinational corporations. <laughs> multinational <Breed>. corporations. <laughs> Breed like rats. <laughs> Wait, street that's Godflesh. Cl- yeah, is he street cleaner with fucking Matthew Broderick? <laughs> but no, I, I honestly, most of this, uh, I'd say the good parts actually still really hold up. Uh, this is kind of like a fun thing that used to be back then is that you could like get a, like the nice thing about soundtracks is if they were done really, really, really well, is they could kind of introduce you to other shit. Like that's kind of what the cool thing about this was is for at least half of it is there was stuff in there that would be like paths I would eventually follow, like specifically like, like KMFDM. I tried to get into orbital, but found nothing beyond it, but I liked it enough to try. Um, same thing with sister machine gun. I did a little bit of fear factory. Like there was enough of a sampler that I was like, Ooh, let's check these things out. And I was like, like I'm kind of grateful because had it not been on that soundtrack with the something else I already liked, I would probably never had heard them otherwise till way later. Yeah. Same. And typo negative. I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> the big one. <laughs> like they, we kind of we kind of brushed right over that because we talked about that song a fucking shit ton in our first two episodes. Here's the thing, though, but, uh, it's it fucking deserves every bit of praise it gets. Uh, you know, I mean, and it was the first. It was the first experience, the first taste. Um, they, that's not the only soundtrack they were on at this time, though, was it? Uh, fuck, I don't. Yeah, I, I got a. Bu- I actually list, have a list yeah. here. <clears throat> No joke. I have the list right here. Let's see. Uh, oh, they they Summer Breeze opens I Know What You Did Last Summer. Does it really? Yeah, apparently. Holy I was shit. reading that. That apparently, like, it's a shots of the water and everything. And it, it's to that. Oh, and, fuck. And That's also, sick. That makes me then, want to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even though it sucks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and then pictures of Matchstick Man uh, would be in 97 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um is fucking ruined shit. by Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, because uh well, you know how they the way they treat his voice and everything with like 50 50 Aussies singing over each other at once. Sounds like he's bellowing in a dam. But uh <laughs> <laughs> like you go to Mount Shasta where they tell you to like clap and then like it claps back at you at the other end the sound travels. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how it feels like they just like put Ozzy through a megaphone and just let him sing and it just fucking ruins what should have been a kick-ass song. God, and like the the really bad quality demo version of that that with Peter's vocals on YouTube is just so fucking good even with that terrible quality and, it, and wish- hearing hearing the Ozzy version is like it just hurts like hearing it I guess like fucking shut up dude god (laughs) fucking I hate you I wish you were dead you know Oz I mean Ozzy for me has I've never been a big fan of his for me he was like not he was the weakest part of Black Sabbath easily not not that like I don't like what he did in Black Sabbath but Compared to the playing and like what he was bringing to the table, like fucking Iron Man, he's just singing the fucking guitar riff. I seem to remember an interview once uh, with James Hetfield about uh, Jason Newstead when he first joined uh, Metallica. And he said it felt like having a little brother playing along with you and that whatever I was playing, he just started playing exactly along with it. And it's like, are you going to have any intro- original contribution to this at all? Right. Granted, Coming from Cliff Burton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that, that really sucks. But uh, 
I just and I think it's just because the guy's trying to fit in right now, right? Like, what do you want me to do? As opposed to yeah. like, you know. But then again, they were so fucking mean to him. It's probably yeah. why he did that. <laughs> they were like, just fucking assholes. He never really had a chance to grow with them. <laughs> no, not at all. So it's not his fault, right? Like, you, like, hey, I'm the new guy. Like, what is it you're working on? What do you want me to do? <laughs> And then they're like, oh, you fucking pussy with no ideas. And then it's just like, just, just browbeat him as a fucking pincushion. Right down to just like removing him from Injustice for All, basically. Yeah. Even though the album sounds a lot worse because there's no fucking bass on it. It's like, it's worth it just to keep him off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole. Who does he think he is coming to our audition? Yeah. Who does he think he is trying to replace Cliff? You know, it's just like... <laughs> I think it's fucking We didn't funny. ask for that. Well, I guess we did, but... <laughs> hey, but still, fuck you for, you know, helping out. <laughs> but yeah, um, fucking albums, fucking rules, dude. Uh, like, meaning, like, the, the, the stuff that it hit me at the right time for me, <laughs> that it, like, just stuck with me. Yeah, make sure you qualify that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about Mortal Kombat here, so... Yeah, yeah, you're like, this album fucking rules. But, I mean, just, just the stuff that hit me as a kid, but... Yeah, what well, no, I like, meaning, like, it, it's, no. it's, yeah. the, it's the perfect thing a 90s soundtrack was supposed to do. Definitely, yeah. back in those days, man, like, that was kind of a cool thing in that period. It's like, you look at things like the Batman Forever soundtrack and stuff, and you'd have to hear, like, the fucking Offspring, but then next to it, you'd get, like, PJ Harvey... Or you get like yeah. Seal, Smash, and then you get Smashing like, Pumpkins on Batman and Robin. That Smashing yeah. Pumpkins had a song on that. Yeah, you get like Brandy next to like some trip hop artist. You know what I mean? Like it was just very like all over the place. But sometimes that would like pay dividends for you because it kind of it made you yeah. listen to things you wouldn't have otherwise. You know? And, yeah, and I, I feel kinda... I feel like yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's good. I'm good. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah. I feel like this was like this sort of prepared me for where my taste would go after that because. I think before this, like the first musical act I really got into as a kid was Brian Adams for some reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> my dad took my sister and I to see Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and I fucking yep. love, love that Brian Adams yeah. song. <laughs> oh and my I had, God. I had the Waking Up the Neighbors cassette tape. Oh, Jesus but, uh, Christ. But yeah, and then I think in second grade, uh, I had a friend who had an older brother who listened to Metallica. So I got into Metallica really young in second grade. Oh but my God. other other than that, it was kind of like I didn't really listen to a lot of like newer music or, you know, contemporary shit until I saw Mortal Kombat. And I was like, I've got to get this soundtrack. I need that theme. Yeah, and then that time, kind man. of set me on the path. You know, you get KMFDM, you get Napalm Death. So you get like the more industrial electronic stuff and then the more extreme metal stuff. I feel like that sort of gestated inside of me for however long, maybe, you know, seven or eight years. And then that sort of blossomed into getting into Nine Inch Nails, yeah. Ministry, and then, you know, more more metal stuff as well. So. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Like it was kind of like uh, like 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 baby's first industrial record. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. it really is because, like, the the Giorgio Moroder mix of uh, Juke Joint Jezebel like, really would be the best way to dip your toe in the water for that. Like, what do you think? What do you think of, like, this, like, dance music, but, like, it's got this awesome fucking guitar riff over it? Yeah. Like, I, you know, what do you think? Peanut butter and chocolate? Will you, will you like them together? And, uh, that's a great point. Which is funny because, like, real industrial that's prior to that doesn't fucking sound that smooth or right. easy, though. No. But, yeah. A lot of it doesn't even have fucking guitars at all, really. 
Yeah, like, you know, it's like, oh, cool, you like that? Here, now check out SPK or Coil, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Cabaret Voltaire, Red Mecca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here, let's, let's, let's hear some psychic TV. Do you want to listen to some throbbing gristle now, kid? <laughs> yeah, you, any chance you're interested in uh, like some really weird occult stuff, you know? Einstrzend new new boaten, where the fuck they're called. <laughs> yeah, like you want to hear a guy like just like you know hit a vacuum cleaner with a jackhammer on stage. Check that out. <laughs> and yes, there was a point where I thought I was into that. <laughs> I remember like going to noise shows and stuff like that. It's like you know that wouldn't have happened had it not been for this. <laughs> yeah. Grade seven, those seeds were planted, and it's like you know what I like <laughs> about this. I want, I need it more. I need more extreme. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, no, this thing's a fucking te- like this thing is a, a a hit for me overall because it was such a huge formative part of uh, growing up, and um, looking back, it's kind of funny to see where you could trace some of those influences to, yeah, uh, and how many things just like I never would have checked out Zero Signal. That, that's <gasps> never would have been a song I would have looked for, and it's like, but turns out that was up my alley. Uh, turns out I'd say half of these bands though turned out to be about dead ends for me. <laughs> hey, hey you this, don't you don't know till you try yeah it's like hey this bile song's cool uh the rest of their shit sucks you know there's there's no uh there's no gps for getting into industrial but so I'll, I'll say something here <laughs> i'll say maybe the single most damning indictment of my entire musical taste in the planet right here oh yeah i bought the sister machine gun albums five of them <laughs> five <laughs> yeah, five albums. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this more, is new. That's as far. That's as far as this I got with new. them. This is too. <laughs> yeah. You're like maybe the fifth one will be the one. <laughs> no, I liked a couple of them. Maybe of they'll them come into awful. their own on this fifth one. <laughs> Every single song on their first CD is just attempting to try to get head like a hole done, and it is terrible. But um. The second record has like a couple of briefly interesting moments and everything and so on and so forth. Uh, but I got five of them before I picked up a typo negative album. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think uh, I think we covered it with Mortal Kombat. Yeah, this is this was our first bonus episode. And it's sort of a, to paraphrase Shang Tsung. It's a taste of things to come <laughs> because uh, we, we've got a, a series planned. We're going to be covering all these terrible uh wannabe nine inch nails bands from the the mid early 90s gravity kills stabbing westward we'll probably i'm sure there's filter. a shit ton more filter yeah we'll, we'll do we'll do some bile but uh, yeah all that terrible like just when god lives when, underwater <laughs> yeah godhead yes oh yeah godhead i mean and we'll, we'll get we'll also get into the state of industrial butt in 2023 because Ooh. of I would say the game Cyberpunk had a big industrial butt presence on that soundtrack. There's an entire radio station that sounds like throwback 90s radio friendly industrial, which oh, is no shit. it was kind of interesting, but um it definitely it, it, it yeah, it, it feels like like they were pointedly trying to do like 90s retro futurism or something, I don't know, but like Yeah. Um, yeah, we're gonna we'll, we're gonna be doing some bonus shit that's not tied to typo negative or is only tangentially related in the future. So stay tuned for that. There'll also be other themes and stuff that come in on bonus episodes. This includes things along the lines of 
uh, was a series I think we're going to work on that might come up every so often called I'm going to call it Jailbait Rock. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, they'll be doing um, uh, we'll be taking a look at other types of compilation records, which uh, for me is going to be I want to look at tribute albums. Yeah, I have a few, have a few <laughs> of them already queued up in my mind that I really want to go over. But yeah, yeah. so. I just you know. cleaned off that John Lennon tribute record I have. I got all the dust off of it. I'm going to give it a spin tonight. See what it's like. I want to hear the, the I want to hear the the Blues Traveler cover of Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the song, but anyways. <laughs> but with like a few lyrics changed, that's it. And then just a bunch of harmonica over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, um I think we're probably good, th- or... Yeah, I think I'm good. Shit, I didn't realize the time fucking flew on that one, man. That was a blast. <laughs>